Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Margot Poupard. And I am your other host, Emily Beijing. Before we get into the episode today, it is my distinct honor to shell for our Patreon page that launches tomorrow. Only if you're listening to this on Thursday or if you're listening to it after Thursday, it hath been launched if. So if you donate five-ish dollars a month, you can access two bonus pieces of content from us per month. We've got our newsletter called We're Obsessed With This that's up once you join our Patreon page. And then in two weeks after that, we'll have a review of Queen's, the Britney Murphy doc and the Britney Spears docs that came out. So if you are interested in hearing even more from us, you want to head over to our Patreon at the Old Millennials Pod and um, go ahead and support us. Or don't. I don't know. We will still have, you know, regular episodes. So with all of that promo out of the way as quickly and painlessly as possible, let's talk about 2019 when we were just a baby podcast in our first season and reboot culture was, you know, in its nascent-ish phase. And Since 2019, which feels like not that long ago, but also is like forever ago because time is a flat circle and nothing matters. It's between six months and 10 years ago in my book. It happened 10 years ago or maybe six months ago. 
Reboot culture has escalated significantly. I never thought I could long for the days of cultural criticism about the relevancy of Murphy Brown, but now all of that has been replaced with me not being able to finish the trailer for He's All That, a quote-unquote movie I initially thought was only going to be on Snapchat, and then also, more recently, muscling our way through the first episodes of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Today, we're checking back in with where reboot culture is at in 2021 with two, I guess you can call them modernish takes on millennial classics. She's all that. And I know what you did last summer. So I watched He's All That the Way God and Christopher Nolan intended on an iPad on a plane with the sunshade halfway pulled down so that there was a glare on the screen. But I was actually kind of excited for I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I don't know, I I was feeling more down on it yesterday. But now after watching like the last two episodes that are available, I'm like, I don't know. I'm probably not coming back to it, but it did pick up steam. <laughs> I mean, you you did you did some good work here. I'm very impressed. I watched two and a half episodes. I too was like, eh, this is maybe taking a turn. But yeah, I mean, we we put some work in. I actually sat down for a full ride of He's All That. I really can't believe you did that to yourself I, willingly. We weren't even sure if we were going to talk about it, and you're like, I did us both a favor and watched it. I was like. Mm. The things I mean, you do you when took you assemble the- furniture. like Yeah, you took one for the team. Yes, I think it's actually really good background for packing or cleaning your house or like trying to glue something intricate together because it's so inane and boring. It will force you to finish the task you don't really want to do. I have a lovely shelf to look at now and a disappointing heart over this reboot. <laughs> I... I don't know what kind of hope there could be. I mean, you no. said that like looking up the production details for how it even came to be, you were like, yeah, just sort of, they were like, yeah, let's do it. And that was it. That was pretty much it. Like t- September of 2020. Like that's how recent this was. Well, I was really hoping, especially in light of the new Scream trailer that was released earlier this week, last week, at some point in the recent past-ish, I was really hoping that I Know What You Did Last Summer was going to be like the MTV TV show Scream, which I actually really liked. Mm-hmm. But I guess it should have been mm, a horseman of bad content that I hadn't really heard any buzz, good or bad, about the show other than on Dumois, which they were like, yeah, the show's great. I'm like, mm. I feel like I can't really trust you. Like it's real 50 50, just like your sightings and your like anonymous tips. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I truly wanted to go into it. I wanted to like it. I was open minded. I thought that it was going to be, you know, a little bit campy with some new fun tech blended in like the scream show. But like we discussed yesterday in text, it was like euphoria, but with murder. And it was trying so hard to be euphoria and it was trying mm-hmm. so hard to be like ooh bad teens like can we just talk about how they're like getting high off prescription nasal spray like I, I, I was like swear I to God. every day for my allergy <laughs> yes but they're like they're huffing it like they're like I huffing know. Uh, like the the air, the canned air that you use for your keyboard. I don't know about you, but that was huge in my high school at one point. You mean poppers? <laughs> Are those poppers? I oh no, that's video cleaner. Uh, that's video cleaner. You're right. You're right. They're different, but still, still yeah. same family. Yeah, but the, the nasal spray is in the poppers family too. So are they doing poppers? Like, why are a bunch of straight teens doing poppers? I don't know. I'm happening. I mean, I did them once when I was 24, and it was a bunch of girls at Wellesley. I was at a party in Boston, and all of a sudden, these like 19 year olds offered me poppers. So. 
anything's possible, I guess. But yes, yeah, but many- your life isn't scripted by a bunch of middle-aged people <laughs> on Twitter all day long. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's fine if it happens in your real life. I just feel like it's very contrived when it happens on a show like this because this show, it's like just when you think they can't possibly throw in the kitchen sink, like they rip out a kitchen sink like from the basement and like lob it into the stew. And it like makes, it's just too much is happening. Too much. And it's trying too hard to be like cool and like dark and like this gritty reboot. But unfortunately, it looks like a Lifetime movie. And it's a lot. I think you brought up a really good point, though, is that you either fully commit to camp um, or you just decide it's not going to be camp. And I think that this this production was like, let's go there a little bit, but then let's kind of stop halfway and then let's take a turn towards being euphoria. And I remember texting you last night, there is like a Wakeman twins vibe to this. Like this could have been a gritty Sweet Valley High if they had done it the right way, but it's just not camp enough. Yeah, we we talked about it a lot, actually, about how we respect the show reboot way more if it was if they just went full soap opera. Like I was telling you, it gave me some like passions vibe. Yes, it didn't. They didn't have the guts to like make it full blown ridiculous the way because you can do ridiculous soap opera camp and have it be like some dark, gritty, like fucking Batman reboot. Look at Riverdale. Like Riverdale makes absolutely no sense of you'll fucking love that show. And it's been on for forever. And they know it. I think the difference is they know it makes no sense. And this show is like, yeah, we make total sense. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's the show's one of the show's biggest problems. I mean, the writing, too, is just like I wrote down. Well, I bolded all of my favorite lines. Um, The slutty twin sister. She says shit like my mom's dead. and I like to fuck. I laughed so hard. I can't even <laughs> begin to tell you. And then some other things that they've clearly like lifted from someone's Twitter or TikTok. Get over here, my stunning queer king. This fit is not yes. pussy popping attire. I was like, I'm so sorry. If my sister ever told me that my fit was not pussy popping attire, I would just I would have to walk away because I'd be too upset. Yes, I found that there were points at which I was like, did someone just like take like half the dialogue from a drag show and then apply it to teenagers? It just it felt so unhinged at times. (laughs) The dialogue was all over. And then let's get into like some of the minor plot points. You'll bring up more of the major ones, but I'm like, sure. Episode two, we're supposed to believe that this 17-year-old friend of theirs got hot and heavy with the coach who left, who divorced his wife. Oh, my God. Oh, and it's such a throwaway thing where he's like, oh, oh, oh my God, Emily. And then in the third episode, okay, in the third episode after he dies, which we'll get into that real soon, I promise. Um, the twin, the alive twin walks into like the restaurant that she works at and she overhears like the town people like being like, oh, it's so sweet how they were together. Like coach and Johnny, like they waited till he turned 18. Like that's a good thing. I'm just like, that's, why that is, is literally everyone- the premise of a porn movie? That is the premise of a porn movie, a but barely also- legal Porn he movie. groomed his fucking yes. student like this yes. is so insanely yes. problematic and then in one of the in the in the first episode which i thought was so fucking boring it was so goddamn long and you're just like holy shit like the movie like gets into it like let's get into it like when they flash back to a year later at the graduation party i was like oh good or a year before excuse me at the graduation party i'm like oh good this shit's gonna like finally get going and it doesn't nothing nope. happens you're like what nope. the fuck why am i still here right now Anyway, when the two sisters are fighting, 
the good twin accuses the like slut twin of being a slut and she's like you fucked for that a and ap bio i'm like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> i'm sorry let's stop here you should, like you need to report that to someone somewhere like and she and it's that like classic cool girl like i'm in control and i'm in charge of being sexually promiscuous even though i'm fucking my teacher i mean and then it oh, and then later it comes to light that like the slut twin has like an only fans and she yep. like cashes out her fucking bitcoin there's a bitcoin trail and I i'm just know. like no it gets so insane like the sheriff is literally like charlie day and it's always sunny like it was carol and hr like putting all these strings He's straight, he's straight up is like, oh, it was she's getting her bitcoins from OnlyFans. I'm like, is this a piece of information I should be hanging on to? Because it's absolutely insane. And one thing I think we both really agree on that these two remakes or reboots have in common is that they completely missed the point of yes. what made the source material good mm-hmm. and worthy of a reboot or even just a, like a different take on it. Like he's all that was really disappointing, even in like the first five minutes, just because. They don't want to make Addison Ray's character unlikable. So she's like this fucking like martyr who, you know, is an influencer for good to help her mom out. Who's Rachel E. Cook, who is quite frankly too fucking young to be her mom. Sorry. Yes, I just like, too, look too like young. sisters. Too young. Too many teen stars of the 90s have been cast as parents. And I got to say, while it works for Alicia Silverstone to play a 13-year-old's mom, like perfectly acceptable there, Rachel Lee Cook playing a 17-year-old's mom does not work for me here. It does not work. She is too young. Yeah, they just look, they do like kind of share some resemblance, if you will. But like, sure, definitely the, it was more like big sister, little sister. Like I just did not see mom. And so they make her like the goody two shoes who's, it's like, there are no stakes in either of these two things too. That's one thing that they definitely share in common. There are zero stakes. I am never worried about anything that's going to happen to anybody. Even though I watched all four episodes of I Know What You Did last summer, I don't really care to know how it ends because there are no stakes and I don't really give a shit about any of these people because they're all like thinly drawn characters. Do you want to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is for I Know What You Did last summer? Ooh, I'm going to say a solid 31%. Ooh, you're so close, 39 Oh, and that's giving it a little too much credit. Like that 8% is a little bit high for me. Well, you'll be surprised. There are some positive, like I personally think that, and you know, call me name bias or whatever. I personally think that the Margot character, the best friend is probably one of the better parts of the whole show. Like She's she, fun. She really brings truly, like, she really brings some comedic effect. To, I mean, it takes a lot to say, come here, my studying queer king, like, kind of like and pull it off like it's very difficult some of the things they make these kids say i'm just like this is absolutely absolutely insane especially the twin characters she's always like why are you shading me after my sister's death you're like wait i'm so sorry human beings do not speak like this like i don't know one of them also says like and that's the that on that like uh, in regards to like her sex life i'm like what the fuck is going on it felt like i have you've seen reality bites obviously right Um, yeah so there's that scene where like Ben Stiller has taken like uh, Winona Ryder's documentary and at the end of it, he's created a scripted series based on the relationship she has. And it's like, whatever, I'm Audi 5000. And it's like <laughs> kind of like that, but for like these little TikTokers, you know, like it's like an adult has come in thinking they know how teens operate and speak and has decided to add this unhinged dialogue <laughs> into this production. Honestly, it reminds me of that 
that thing on Twitter of the guy that made uh, like an AI watch like 5,000 hours of Guy Fieri and then he like wrote a script. Like that's what yes. this feels yes. like to be yes. totally yes. honest. Yes. <laughs> so against all odds, I know what you did last summer was greenlit for development back in 2019 when we were talking naively about Sabrina the Teenage Witch and complaining about Murphy Brown not being progressive enough. And initially attached to direct all of the episodes was James Wan and Neil M. Moritz was going to come on as an executive producer. In the end, both of them will just remain executive producers. And it was given a straight to series order in October of 2020, which I don't know. People were doing lots of crazy things in October of 2020. And in addition to greenlighting the show. So this reboot adaptation, because I think the also another thing that these two pieces of IP at this point, that's all that they deserve to be called. Um, <laughs> though th- another thing that they have in common is that they don't reference it's it's not part of like the same universe. Like there are some reboots who have been that have maybe been more popular that like share the same universe that the old movie or show that it's based on exists in. And maybe sometimes that's helpful and perhaps sometimes that's not. But this one only share in both instances, both of these reboots just share the name only and like only a little bit of the premise of the original. In this case, for I know you did last summer, it's mostly about a town full of secrets and a group of teenagers who are stalked by a mysterious killer a year after a fatal accident on their graduation night. So the last half of that sentence is probably the only thing that it shares with the original because I don't remember the original I know you did last summer as being like a town full of secrets I mean I guess there's that whole aside with Anne Hayes, but I wouldn't say it was like a town full of secrets like that wasn't really like we no. spent fucking time with the adults of this town who are also like weird and doing fucked up things like the dad is like banging like a, the cop lady and they like do weird like handcuff play like I don't know there's like and then a later development uh, the dad Bruce or whatever he who looks like a Bobo someone like I who know. does an actor look like like kind of like he kind of has what's his face Matthew Fox from Lost like a little oh, bit yeah a little bit like, of that a little bit of that for sure like they were definitely I feel like the prem the idea was to approach former teen stars to play the parents in this instance and they couldn't get those people so they got Bobo versions of those people. Well, don't you think in their, like, perfect world, like, say, if Ryan Felipe wasn't, like, killed in the original movie, like, they'd get him to play this part. Like, that's sort of what this feels like. Totally. Like, they can't get Freddie Prince. I mean, I guess the actors all showed up on some Zoom with the cast and the showrunner and some producers for some Comic-Con panel to, like, you know, bless the project, if you will. But none of them are, like, in it, unlike... no. At least he's all that got Rachel E. Cook and like Matthew Lillard. So at least they had those people in there to sort of hint at that. But other than that, mostly the show, you know, there's a fatal accident happens on their graduation night, which like their graduation night is like one of the longest nights I have ever been a part of. And you see it like Rashomon style from like everybody's perspective. And like the party is, it looks like they went to a high school, but then there are also bedrooms where they all fuck each other. And like the adults are there, but they're also fucked up and like getting drugs off the kids. It's just like, it's too much it's going too much. on it should have been like an unsupervised party or like a mellower event with parents like i am not even if this is a culture of enablement with the parents i there is no world in which i believe the parents are going to very openly do all these drugs in a euphoria looking party with these kids like there's just what what universe is this i don't know but it, 
I get into this later in like my watch notes, but couldn't they just have like a beach bonfire? Like they're shooting in Oahu for fuck's sake. And the fact that they shoot in Oahu and don't use any of the location to inform the story is insane to me. The fact that the story is about essentially two white girls is such a fucking missed opportunity. I can't even begin to describe what a colossal miss that is, especially if you spent any time in Hawaii. There are all sorts of interesting histories and traditions that are also really scary. Like a king would pick a baby to bury his bones and it's definitely it's essentially a suicide mission. And then the family's status in in the society like raises because their son died on this king suicide mission. Like there's so many cool, scary historical things that happen and like there you definitely could have done something with any of that by just talking to one Hawaiian person but no let's have it be about these two white girls where they're like IndieWire kind of sums it up the best so Lennon is the one twin she is as her rock star inspiration connotes the living embodiment of every 18 year old girl a grown man hopes to find on Instagram oh god (laughs) She's chronically smiley, a master manipulator who has as much remorse for sleeping with her sister's true love as she does for filming her her sexcapades for the internet. As she says, my mom's dead and I like to fuck. Every one of these characters feels like a 40-year-old trapped in an 18-year-old's body. The script is littered with lines that no one else could pull off, let alone teenagers. Margot is stuck with a majority of these lines, but Lennon's in, as Lennon's Instagram famous bestie, who is also her casual sex partner. That was also like an interesting turn where I was like, what? But then they're only like casual sex partners like for money. I don't know. I don't get it. It's obviously there for like shock value, but it's not shocking when you just feel confused the whole time. Anyway, (laughs) most of the other actors can be summed up in one sentence. Dylan is the quiet boy with the weird mom. We find out she is a nudist later who loves Allison. Johnny, the football player who says it's totally okay to date his high school football coach because he's 18. Everybody in this story acts like it's Twin Peaks. Yes. I wrote that in my notes. I the like vulgar ha- the vulgar housekeeper who throws rats through her empo- her employer's window to the local sheriff who talks in a very strange accent for I don't know reasons. It's such a it has such a bizarre tone. But the showrunner Sarah Goodman she used to write for Gossip Girl and Preacher, which are both kind of like absurdisty and they're not absurdist, but like you know Gossip Girl is very campy. It's very like up. It's very a lot of everything, right? More is more. And like Preacher is also like an insane show that's based on a comic book. But she replaced Shay Hatton, who is the writer behind the John Wick series as the showrunner. But they both have executive producer credits on it. In December, they brought on Craig William McNeil as the director of the pilot, as well as another executive producer. And he actually, I think he directs the first two, maybe three episodes that are available on Amazon right now. So the cold open takes 1,000 years. It's the dullest, driest monologue about how you don't know yourself, which is essentially they're trying to tell you when you see the twin, you're like, oh, I get it. Your your twin is dead. And now you're playing the dead. You're the dead twin or whatever. Like, <laughs> I I feel like the twist was not a twist because when you see twins, you're like, mm, one's going to be the other one. And then she's going to have to keep it up. Yeah. Um, oh, and I think that that's also the fatal flaw in the the in the the fatal car accident, if you will, of like it being the sister. The fact that and like the sister is also you know friends with her slut sister. I'm gonna refer to them as slut sister and good weirdo sister. So they all think they murder good weirdo sister, but good weirdo sister is impersonating her slut sister when the fatal accident happens. Regardless of that, 
all of Slut Sister's friends who think that it's Slut Sister and not the good one who she really is deep down inside, they've known her twin sister their whole lives. And they're just fine with dumping her body in a fucking cave. It makes no sense. It makes less like it's already kind of hard to buy it in the original where like they hit and run this guy. But he's just some random person that they don't care about. And they're really scared. That all tracks for me. But the fact that you hit your friend's sister and even her sister, I understand she's catatonic. But like you guys, they're scared of calling the cops. Take her to a fucking hospital and throw her in the ER. Like it is absolutely insane. Because And then they also take forever to talk through it. And the longer they talk through it, the more you're like, just go to a hospital. So if you cannot get behind that conceit, the rest of the show is going to be extremely difficult for you. Because apart from this whole thing, a majority of the show is really centered around like everybody's very like caught up in like, oh, like how much sex are you having? And is that good or are you bad? And like, let's all just do drugs. And the twins have the dead mom by suicide. And like the dad seems kind of shady and and there's cutting and it's very like girl interrupted. And and it just feels like it just kind of like circles the drain a lot around those things. So it, it feels like it never really goes anywhere. It never builds any momentum. And so that makes it have lower stakes. But in the third episode, because it starts focusing not as much on the twins and more on like some of the side characters and what they're dealing with, even though some of their behavior seems inexplicable, it's at least slightly more interesting. But they're all kind of very one dimensional too. like the brother who or sorry, not the brother, the guy that slut sister sleeps with that good weirdo sister is in love with and that whole scenario that's all revealed and i think more perplexingly is that the slut sister was like making sex tapes for or like she was filming herself having sex on only fans or for only fans and that was like sort of her whole thing and then they all are like scandalized by that even though they knew that she was like they allude to like her selling her underwear. Like there's so much wild shit that's like just throwaway lines in the show that I'm like, this has nothing to do with the original at all. And that's totally fine. But this also has nothing to do with like reality. Well, there's just too many things, right? Like I feel like if they had focused on one or two bad things that she's done or weird, like, but it's just like every corner, there's just another thing. The OnlyFans account, the like selling the underwear, the Bitcoin, like there's just one thing after another. Pick a lane, pick maybe even two lanes. They picked like a freeway of lanes and it's just, it's chaos. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormal 
abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. They are just swerving through every fucking lane and they can't land anything. But I it's thought a, that yeah. Margot had a great line in the third episode where she says that she will have a Trisha Paytas level breakdown. And that was probably the first and only time I laughed. Oh, right. And then I think in the third. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the third episode where they find dead sister's body, um, the way that she the way that the alive sister finds it is that she like, I don't know, has like a panic attack and goes to the beach and she's sort of like freaking out. And then a bunch it's set up earlier in the episode that every summer solstice they do like a nude 5k and so you just see a lot of dongles dongling and so they end the 5k i guess in the ocean all these people in a very um wicker man sort of way like (laughs) mob her and like take her into the sea or whatever and at first she's like freaked out which yeah a bunch of fucking naked people tackled me into the ocean i would i would probably be screaming as if i was getting murdered but anyway, she's out there floating in the water and then she, f- uh, wouldn't you know it, her dead sister's body shows up. It's just like some of it is so convenient and also so stupid. And I think my other favorite Margot line is coming to you live from the funeral after they find the dead body. <laughs> uh, I was like very annoyed by that character in the beginning. And ultimately, she ends up being kind of the glue that can hold any semblance of fun in this show together which is saying a lot yeah it just it sucks like the the murders have been very gruesome like johnny gets decapitated but also the the other thing that both these things have in common is they both look really cheap and so it was kind of hard to like indulge in the horror because you also don't even see who the killer is like and i know what you did last summer og style you see the hook hand you see the trench coat like there was like a figure to be scared of in this series they just leave decapitated heads all over the place oh my god there's a murder at the end of the last episode where they walk into the restaurant that she works at and like the detective's throat is slit and then the nice old man who like runs the restaurant is like taking a dump and he's like shot in the head and i'm like this is so disrespectful this man this older gent actor deserved a more dignified death and also there's nothing to be scared of like i mean honestly it looks fake and you didn't see anybody do it so it's just sort of like on housewives when they recap a fight that you didn't see or like a big scary thing that happened that you didn't see you're like i don't really have any connection to this i'm not saying it didn't happen i'm just saying that I didn't see it. And so it's really difficult for me to like get on the level that you feel I should be, which is like terrified. There's no menace. Like they've replaced it with this texting that also feels like it has no stakes. Like, <laughs> like texting videos of her sister, like fucking a bunch of different people is like not really scary. I mean, like if she's dead, like, well, whatever. It's all on the internet. I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> and so that's not super scary. And so like <laughs> something about sending a t- 
<laughs> sending a text to someone who's like threatening you and stalking you with like where are you at like there's something about that that's so low stakes to me <laughs> that I cannot feel terror and like the little icon for this menace that's stalking them via text is like a, a clown emoji which you know I don't like clowns that much either but like the clown emoji is objectively funny looking and so none, none of this is scary it feels like in some ways, and this is no insult to Hereditary, but it feels like in some ways like this wanted to be like some like sexy teen drama to compete with Euphoria. And then they just slapped the IP of I Know What You Did Last Summer on there and just yeah. started decapitating people in certain yeah. scenes. And it's kind of disappointing because I feel like it could have been more interesting, especially given the setting. But it just feels like they just totally fucking blow it. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I, I like terrible things. I fucking own cats, you know. I watched Malignant. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I really actually, after watching Malignant and thinking that James Wan was actually still sort of attached to it, that's why I was kind of more excited about it. Yeah, I think that there's this opportunity where you just brought up, which is that there could have been you have this IP, you either kind of you can do something different with it, but you still have to have some semblance of of it there. Like there needs to be some sort of tie-in, whatever it may be. Right. Or they could have come up with a brand new idea. Like Amazon had an opportunity to come up with like a new teen series. If it's their version of Euphoria, sure, whatever. If it's tied to a mystery or murder, okay, great. But like there's an opportunity there where they could have gone and had that story be an original one and then had no tie to I Know What You Did Last Summer and it could live on its own. Mm -hmm. Or you go towards I Know What You Did Last Summer but have some sort of connection to the original other than a murder took place last summer and now people are being haunted about it. Right. Like I hit somebody on a deserted highway while myself and people around me were like doing drugs and drinking and I'm scared about going to college like they do have that sort of the central inciting incident but yeah as soon as that leaves like there is no other DNA that it shares with the original source material how does he's all that stack up because I tapped out at the great Gatsby party <laughs> Jesus yeah so um it is one of those things where again they were trying to take the story, which they stick to a lot more than I know you did last summer, you know, basic, I bet you, you can't turn a person around and make them like the hottest person at school, but like gender reversal. But I noted in this that like, honestly, I feel like this movie came out in 1999 and it was called <laughs> drive it's called drive me crazy like, yes. let's, let's, let's put it out there. The only difference here is that like, you know, in that one, Adrian Grenier knows what's going on versus being lied to. But still, like, it's already been out there. I don't think this needed to be done. I think the other thing that's interesting to me in this case is the tie-ins with the source material of casting Rachel Lee Cook and Matthew Lillard, but neither of them are cast in their original roles. So like what we talked about earlier, like, First off, she's a late originally cook plays a mom, but she's not Lainey Boggs as an adult. She's just a, you know, we never know who she is, but she's not necessarily. She's a nurse. Me. She's a nurse. She's a single mom nurse, but we don't know her as Lainey Boggs. She is right. not an artist. There is no mention of her, you know, artistic 
itself. Um, and then Matthew Lillard is a principal, is the principal of this high school who kind of just shows up at the end. We hear his voice throughout as like mm-hmm. kind of this narrative, if you will, instead of having Usher as the DJ, uh, which makes sense because like, be, let's be honest, one of the most unrealistic things of the many unrealistic things of the original She's All That is that we're supposed to believe that Usher just never goes to class and just sits in a DJ booth <laughs> all day, like narrating, you know, as a Greek chorus or whatever of what is happening in this high school. Um, the other, but yeah, here he is not clearly playing Brock from the real world. He is just a random high school principal underpaid educator. Like it's very interesting. I think the other thing is they try to update this material for 2021 and I get that. And we talked about this with, uh, I know what you did last summer, which is okay. Kids have phones nowadays. Kids are on apps. Like there's just a whole component, but to have done basically as you, many of you already know, probably, uh, the female lead in this, who's supposed to be like the Freddie Prince Jr. character, is played by Addison Ray, who is a very famous TikTok star. And this is kind of her acting debut. And in this movie, she plays a famous influencer, like a high school influencer who makes a lot of money off of influencing products. And her boss is played by Kourtney Kardashian. But we are led to we, we think that she is living this life where she's supposed to be wealthy. And there's a bit of a twist here that didn't happen in the original movie, which is that she is, in fact, you know, the daughter of a single parent. They live in a not so nice apartment. Um, she believe, le- leads her friends to believe that she lives in, a, in an expensive condo that's like behind the apartment building. So there's a whole other twist there. And then the Rachel Lee Cook character in this 2021 reboot is played by the kid from Cobra Kai, um, whose name is Tanner Buchanan. Um, oh my God. The wig that they put him in initially, like with that beanie, is offensive. So he has somewhat long hair. So that it, it doesn't look like that. Like it, yes. do, it looks unnatural. Like I'm I sure he has, it was in this case. Yes. Yeah. Like I think the hair that he ends up with in the makeover, because I did stay long enough to see his makeover, which made him look more like Ryder Strong. I'm yes. sure all of that is his hair. The hair that he's wearing in the beginning when he's, quote unquote, like less attractive or like emo or whatever they're trying to paint him out to be, that was like wigs or like it kind of reminded me of the time that Tyra Banks gave a beard weave to a man on national television. Like they gave him a a shitty weave on his head or a bad wig and they tried to cover it up with a beanie and he just looks ridiculous. Uh, Yes. And I think the difference in this is like rather than giving him uh, a nerd vibe or whatever, they wanted to give him a rebel vibe. They clearly want it was like (laughs) almost like a Christian Slater angle is what I put in my notes. Like, okay, but he comes across as like the kid from American Beauty who like films trash bags and shit because he's out here like taking pictures. He's More taking pictures of literal trash yes. in this movie. Yes. They clearly, like, they wanted to go for more Christian Slater, and it came off as Wes Bentley. And I think they could have leaned in more to this, like, rebel without a cause vibe that he has a little bit. But it just it's kind of half. This is the other thing about everything in this movie. It's just it's all a little bit too halfway. Like, mm-hmm. go full on or not. Like, the Paul Walker character in this movie, uh, her best friend who's a jerk and all that. Like, she's mean, but then it gets to a point where, like, 
Alden or whatever. She has like a yes. ridiculous she has name. She a ridiculous name. I mean, our lead character's name is Paget, and I love the comedian Paget Brewster, but Paget is like a ridiculous name. Um, this it, it's just no one is fully committed. Like the douchey uh, character uh, that her boyfriend who breaks up with her who's supposed to be like uh, the Taylor Vaughn character in this movie, the Jodie Lynn O'Keefe character. He's a famous like artist or whatever but you know we stop caring about him about halfway through this whole thing mm-hmm. he, like just he's there at the end but like barely um there's but just a lot here where we're of, like half care his level of fame is baffling like she had something to do with it in the sense that she gave him like a makeover but he has like one song and they were filming like a big yeah. time music video but he's also like in high school but he looks like he's 38 it's very yes. i don't it's How old is anyone? Over every, and that's the other thing is that there is just a wide age range of actors in this. Clearly, which I will say about "She's All That," the original version, it was clear these actors were in their twenties, but at least they all look relatively the same age. In mm-hmm. this particular production, we have children who are supposed to be underage high schoolers, range in age from like someone who's clearly like an 18 year old actor to like someone who could very well be in their 30s. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were. I think the other thing that I felt about this whole thing was that um, I'm not against a TikToker moving into acting. This was not like, I'm not going to be one of those people who says like, oh, this girl, Addison Rae, shouldn't have been cast in this role because she got her start on TikTok. Like, Bo Burnham got to start uploading songs to YouTube, and I love Bo Burnham. But what I'm against is... I don't really know if we can make the Addison Rae, Bo Burnham. <laughs> like, no, I, I know. feel like the pro- my problem with her is not the fact that she's from TikTok. It's the fact that she's... she's not compl- a good actress. No, she's fucking forgettable. I forget what she's- she looks like all the fucking time. She is forgettable. There's no chemistry between the leads. And that's another thing that I think Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. did very well. They had chemistry with one another. And I think that's what works in that movie where it's here. I just don't believe they get together because I just don't feel like they would ever like each other. Like they just don't seem like they do. I I also feel like you could feel that way if it was harder. You know what I mean? Yes. It's too, yes. it, again, it has no stakes. Like there are no obstacles for her to overcome. Like, oh, nope. she has to overcome being poor. Truly, this wouldn't even be a problem for her if she was just honest about who she is. And then you exactly. could just sort of make the movie more about that. But the problem is that at least Freddie Prince Jr. had to jump through real hoops. He had to do like fucking beat poetry. And they yeah. had to in. Like Lainey Boggs had like a shitty falafel job like and he'd show like he put in the work and he put in the effort and the thing that unfortunately sort of made the original work is that he was like a rich dick who had to humble yeah. himself and Lainey had to like find her self-esteem and right. when your two leads essentially just have like a lateral growth it's not going to get you anything and, if, it and it's definitely not going to generate any sort of chemistry whatsoever like they need to overcome obstacles and honestly having it be a bet it kind of like is the stakes and the fact that it's like a bid for her to turn her career it's like so fucking convoluted just like i know did last summer they complicated. add all of these other little things that really don't pick matter like yes or just pick a lane pick something that has some fucking heart and like something that people can relate yeah. to you know so, i obviously getting somebody to fall in love with you for an ad campaign has been done in 10 things or how to lose a guy in 10 days and it's perfectly yes. fine to do that but then just keep it simple you know, like yeah. have that be the offset, have that be the thing from the outset and have her just be 
all about like I'm just all about like supporting my mom and like really drill that shit home. Instead, like she's just sort of nice, like the best friend to not write her strong tells her at some point before the great Gatsby party, like, Oh, you're really hot, but you're also really nice. And it's like, I don't give a shit that she's nice. <laughs> like no. I need her to have something like to going for her. That makes me care about whether or not she succeeds or doesn't succeed with Courtney Kardashian, her CEO. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know either. And it's like, what's interesting to me also about this film is that behind the scenes, there are a lot of people involved that I'm like, are good, interesting people. Like Mark Waters directed this. He directed Mean Girls. Mean Girls is fantastic. We still quote it to this day. We love Mean Girls. And yet, yet this falls so flat in so many ways. They got the original screenwriter, Arlie Fleming, to write this script, except like M. Night Shyamalan clearly was not involved in the rewrite of this. He was too busy with old, which is <laughs> yes. honestly a better movie than this. Yes. And I gotta say, in regards to your Mark Waters comment, two things. One, everything that he's done since Mean Girls has not been great. And no. two, as my old film teacher used to say, it can't all be art. So sometimes we got to get a paycheck. And I don't I don't begrudge him that, but it's a big woof for the screenwriter because it's like, it was all in your hands. I know. You're going to love this, though. Uh, so Am Arlie I? Fleming... Well, Arlie Fleming Jr. also wrote, in addition to the original and reboots of She's All That, also wrote the script for Get Over It, the teen movie adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream that I made you all watch during Bad Movie Night with Kirsten yeah. Dunst and Ben Foster. How many people fell asleep during that one? <laughs> um, I'd say 50, a strong 50%. <laughs> there's just like, again, and then pro production-wise, like Miramax was tied to this, which like it feels weird to see the Miramax logo at the beginning of a movie. I realize they produced the original uh, she's all that, but still, like, feels very eerie. Um, and production-wise, <laughs> like... It really feels like an omen, right? You know, I know. Like, I know. Back now. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it's it's interesting, like, production-wise, there's, like, Jennifer uh, Gibgott, who I'm so sorry if I butchered her name, but she's brother... She's sister of Adam Shankman, who together oh. they produced, like, Step Up. San they did Premonition with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Bedtime Story 17 again with Zac Efron. That awful movie, The Last Song with Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth that we talked about <laughs> in our uh, Nicholas Sparks. Sparks. Yep. And Going the Distance. So she's done. Oh. A, yeah. With Justin Long and Drew Barrymore. So she's done a, a couple of fun movies. Um, and it's so they're kind of, you know, bits and pieces. But you're right. It was a paycheck. It was a pandemic. But it's interesting. Like this, this talks for the remake ba began in September. This was clearly a very quick filming schedule. Like, oh, yeah. Talks started in September 2020. Auditions happened then. Clearly, the filming happened a little bit earlier this year. And, like, it was all very, very quick. Um, and I think that Netflix, when it comes to teen movies, it can be very fun or it can be very bland. And this mm -hmm. is definitely in the category of bland. Like, I don't like this. I didn't like this one. I haven't liked that Kissing Booth uh, franchise. They have a few of those oh, yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, so with the tall guy from Euphoria, right? With the tall guy from Euphoria. I don't know and then I don't know his name either. But then, like, they, <laughs> they've had – they've also done, like, some fun ones. Like, they had that hip-hop dancer one or – or Which like, one? There was – the one where she's a hip, the girl wants, she's like a mathlete. Oh, it's, it's like save the last dance, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that it one was, was kind of cute. Was it? That was fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, to I, All the Boys I Loved Before is like a good adaptation. Yeah, that's a and good like, one. And that Very one's cute. well done. 
like very it sweet. Looks, it looks good, you know. So they know how to do a good teen movie. I think um, it really depends on how passionate the behind the scenes people yes, are, right? Like completely. if this, and also you know if this is a quick pandemic turnaround because I I do wonder if. I we obviously don't know if I know what you did last summer. It, the way it's written, it feels like it doesn't matter where the fuck it was shot. It was it just needed to be like a small town where everybody knows each other. Yeah. But it feels like shooting in Oahu was like a COVID thing. Although I don't have anything to base that off of, and so I do wonder if some of the he's all that like. I mean, it was rushed, obviously, but like if COVID protocol uh, made the movie even worse than it could have been. <laughs> that it, I mean, yeah, I think there's a bit of that, too. Like, it's clear, like, Kourtney Kardashian was nowhere near the production. Like, there are several other people. Oh, in my this. God. Yeah. Spawn, and by the way, can we talk? The Pizza Hut plug? Yes. I yes. fell out of my chair when she was like, oh my God. well, let's at least stop for some Pizza Hut. I was like, pardon me? And then cut to just a giant table full yes. of pepperoni pizzas. Yes. And then Kourtney Kardashian on that fucking pub. Peloton. Um, there was another really like egregious one. Oh, the Doritos. He was just yes. eating a bag of Doritos. I was like, God damn it. Now I want Doritos. Like it's working on me. Oh my God. It was ultimately, I, I hope that here's what I said in my notes. I think that uh, I don't know if this is Gen Z or if it's younger than Gen Z, whatever you want to call it. I feel like they just, they deserve some, some original movies. They deserve their own adaptations of like George Bernard Shaw or Shakespeare plays. Like we deserve them- original movies. I'm fucking yeah, sick of everybody like butchering and completely missing the point out of things that honestly still hold up. Like Yes. I I rewatched I know it did last summer like a year ago. Did we rewatch it for a bad movie night? I think we and did like, that or sexy sexy teen thrillers. I definitely watched it for that like a year yes. or two ago. Yeah. And I recently rewatched the original Scream. Like these still like hold up. They're still fucking They're fine. Yes. Yes. I don't, and truly, like if I hope that people look at a squid game and are like, yeah, we can we can launch some original stuff. Like people aren't scared of of things that aren't superheroes and don't already exist. And like, I understand they're trying, we're now the people that they're targeting to have us spend our money, like more so than ever before. And so they want to yeah. give us, they being, I don't know, capitalism in general or whatever. They want us to be spending our money. And they think the best way to do that is to like reboot all of this shit. And then also try to like keep us hip in some ways when really like the girl who plays Margot, I'm, I, made a mistake and I did not write down her name Brienne something I believe but she was also in the Scream series like great now I get to see her more but she's probably the only acting highlight and like when it comes to he's all that like can someone please put Rachel Lee Cook somewhere else and like I don't really I I guess the girl that plays Cobra Kai's friend is also great she can come too I think she might be from Blockers she probably isn't but she was very fun Get, get her fun. in something else. Bring her somewhere no, I else. I thought she and, and the little girl, the girlfriend who was the best, you know, the girl's best friend and they were dating. I thought they were they were a cute bee couple in this movie. I actually yeah, really like, like them. Bring everybody, bring those people over. But like, I don't need you guys to to ruin this stuff. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I don't yeah. need you to fix she's all that because it's like problematic in 2021. Like, this is problematic in 2021. The fact that you think that this is what people fucking want. Yeah. I would agree. I don't really have anything else to say about this. I think my only one thing I would leave it on is just like the only reboot I've really enjoyed recently that I was telling you about on yeah. via text is Babysitter's Club, which is just it's meant for 13 year olds, but I don't care. It's really fun. It's one of the few where I've been like, oh, 
they did a good job modifying this to suit 2021. Like there are more people of color in this. Like the characters have been written, you know, who are all like blonde and blue eyed in the books uh, have been rewritten to be, you know, people of color. And like there's plot lines that have been updated for 2021, like that, Matt, you know, a book plot line from 1985 may not relate as much now they've done an updated version of that. Like one of the kids they take care of is trans and like, it just feels like they've done a really, really great job. And it's really nice to see a show on TV that has taken source material and updated it in a really well thought out way. Well, I'm glad that there's one reboot we can get behind. (laughs) So our reviews are don't check out either of these (laughs) (laughs) other than babysitters club. Obviously. I mean, if you want to hear about, if you want to hear Bitcoin only fans and prescription nasal spray as like minor plot points, if that's really what you want in your life, I then I know what you did last summer is for you. But other than that, <laughs> or if you don't, if you can't get enough of great Gatsby parties and you don't want to watch He's All That, just watch like old seasons of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. They love a Roaring Twenties party over Ooh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you enjoyed this, then you're going to love everything else that is in our catalog and coming soon to our Patreon. You can leave us a review because it helps people find us. We would love that. And if you want to stay in touch, besides finding us on Patreon, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Old Millennials Pod. And then you can follow Emily and myself individually on Twitter. I'm at Marg, she wrote. And I'm at Emily A. Beijing. And until next time, we say bye bye. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.